0: 재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵.
1: Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs. Discover the best of news and current affairs. Prime time on TBS EFM.
0: We would like to think that the holidays are supposed to be a joyous and festive period. Something to look forward to. Unfortunately, at times, uh, we have some anticipation and excitement that mysteriously can uh, turn into feelings of depression and anxiety. And to help learn more about uh, some of the factors that may trigger these kind of mood changes and maybe some advice on what you can do to uh, get through the holidays in a more cheerful manner, we're very pleased to have joining us from the University of Liverpool, clinical psychology professor Peter Kinderman. Hello. Uh, Hi. Well, thank you so much for joining us, professor. Is this... Phenomenon, the holiday blues. Is this an actual psychiatric uh, condition, or is this something that uh, people just talk is sort of an esoteric uh, thing that people bandy about, or is this something that is seriously discussed among scholars like yourself?
1: I think it's uh, quite clear that people are more likely to experience low mood, depression, lethargy uh, during the winter months, at least that is during the winter months in the northern hemisphere so i think it's a real phenomenon i'd caution against people making sharp diagnostic mm. decisions i i think for all of us and obviously for those of us who have a history of mental health problems then it becomes more serious but for all of us the winter time and the holiday periods can sometimes be depressing anxiety provoking troubling and i think that's a real phenomenon Whether it constitutes being termed an illness or not, I think is a little bit more dubious.
0: Can you help us understand then some of the uh, factors or maybe some of the symptoms associated with what we conceptualize to be the holiday blues?
1: Well, I think it's useful to think about it as having, as you said, a number of factors to it. So, first of all, taking the sort of biological elements first, there is some evidence, it's not Fantastic, but there is some evidence that when the days are shorter, when people are exposed to less sunlight, it might affect some hormone production. So, and this is again true for all of us, that two hormones, melatonin and serotonin. Uh, serotonin is a neurotransmitter. There's some evidence that if we're exposed to less sunlight, we produce less of those two uh, chemicals, and that might have an effect on our mood, on our motivation. Um, And that might be because in the wintertime, there's less sunlight, although, of course, for South Korea, you're slightly closer to the equator than, say, the UK or Norway. So maybe the effect is slightly less for Koreans. But in any case, in the wintertime, less sunlight, maybe even less exposure to sunlight because it's cold and because we don't go outside. Maybe there's an effect on our hormones. And again, I would counsel that that's almost certainly true for all of us, all of us, if we're exposed to less sunlight, we get less of these two hormones. But then there are other factors as well. So people don't go out so much because it's cold, so they don't get so right. much exercise. Maybe our eating habits change. Maybe we stay inside. Maybe we sit on the couch too much. Maybe we drink too much alcohol. And then there are the pressures of the holiday time. Mm. And sometimes it's lovely to be spend time with our families, but sometimes it can be quite tense. Sure. So all of those things combine to make this you know, the two weeks we're talking about right now may be some of the more troubling times of
0: the year. And that's an interesting point because uh, I've often found, in, uh, just personally as a person who lives in Korea, but uh, desperately uh, detests the uh, winter weather <laughs> and, and the cold of uh, being born uh, from a, a tropical uh, climate area. Would this then, I, I don't know if there's any empirical evidence of this, but if you have a country in the southern hemisphere, like Australia, and although they do follow Western traditions and, and celebrate Christmas and and the New Year's, uh, would there then be perhaps less of a, an inclination for people to feel anxiety or depression?
1: Well, there, I mean, there, it is true that people in the very northern hemispheres, um, interestingly, they are off. Right, okay. So this gets complicated because we're talking about a number of different factors. Right. So if we were to eliminate all other factors and all we were looking at is the impact of daylight on our biochemistry, on our moods, then yes, you'd expect that people in the northern hemisphere were right at the top, at the the north of, of, uh, by the Arctic Circle, would suffer very greatly from winter blues, seasonal affective disorder. Um, It's not actually true. Some of the happiest countries in the world are up in the, the northern parts of Europe. Hmm. And the reason for that seems to be that they have very equal, very egalitarian social structures. Right. So people are very equal in terms of income and also in terms of social status, and that seems to make everybody much happier. They also have well-developed social care systems. So that tells us something, which is that the daylight and the biochemistry argument is certainly not the only thing that determines our happiness. But then I think that you're right, that it would be interesting to look at whether the changing seasons have greater or less impact on people, whether they live in the north or whether they live nearer to the equator. And that would tell us a little bit about how much these factors are determined by social pressures, spending two weeks sitting in the same room as your mother-in-law, for instance, (laughs) and how much they're due to um, the... Uh, impact of the uh, changing uh, daylight, but for practical reasons. You don't go out so much, you don't run so much, you don't take so much exercise, and then finally how much is due to the sort of biological aspects of it. I don't think we know enough about these different factors yet to be able to separate them. Um, The research wouldn't be that complicated to do, but, you know, university professors spending a lot of time doing research on various things, and, and that would be an expensive and quite complicated piece of work. But I think even thinking about it tells us that the biological factors may well be important, but they're not the only thing. And that's important because there are things that we can do about it. There are things that we can do about the other factors that impact on our mental health.
0: So it really is a cocktail of various factors. Uh, you can take countries like Scandinavia, uh, in Scandinavia, like Norway or Sweden, and, and assume, oh, well, the uh, the days are so short in winter, it's brutal, it's cold, and uh, they must uh, have some kind of negative effect there, but they have a social structure, they have a social um, welfare uh, policy scheme in place that uh, people tend to be happier in those areas. And just because you live in more tropical climes doesn't necessarily indicate that uh, everything is hunky-dory if... if uh, and- your personal situation may
1: do things right so one of the things I know Norway reasonably well it's not very far away from me, and one mm. of the interesting things about these Scandinavians is that they very much look forward to the winter mm. because some of their most uh, enjoyable uh, sporting activities are are snow based so they look forward to the first snows of winter because it means they can go out on their skis right. and their snowboards and they're and they're pleased about that because then they can do a lot of exercise so if you live in a country like england for instance where people are reluctant to do exercise in the winter then you not only got the impact of the daylight you've also got the impact that over the holiday period you may well be uh, reducing the amount of exercise that you do And exercise is very good for our mental health in norway I mean, this is being a little bit trivial but in norway what might happen is that when the snows come people start doing exercise. And of course, that makes Mm. them happy and it bonds them together as a family and they meet up with their friends. And that's important because it means that we can all do things. We can uh, understand the coming of the holiday period and we can just take steps to watch what we eat and what we drink, to watch what we do, make sure that we keep our exercise routines up, make sure that we go outside and do things. um, And we could just take note of these things and plan for A healthy couple of weeks rather than an unhealthy couple Mm. of weeks.
0: And it does certainly uh, have a lot to do with your own inherent psychological well being, right? As well, right? If you are of a cheerful disposition, if you tend not to uh, get down too much, uh, you would be less prone to perhaps the holiday blues than someone who is perhaps the other way?
1: Well, that's also important. So, one of, because we don't know much about the biochemistry, and probably because the biochemistry is not that important of course if you go to main health services and, and government recommendations for what to do about seasonal affective disorder or, or wintertime blues then what they will say often is that psychological therapies are important talking treatments mm-hmm. and what happens there is that people like myself will just basically have a chat mm-hmm. to our clients but what we're talking about is uh, the way that people are uh, approaching and thinking about uh, making sense of preparing for these sorts of challenges in their lives and as you say it's about our our makeup about our psychological makeup about how we think about things so yes absolutely what we can do is to to, instead of preparing ourselves for the winter by saying oh dear god I've got to spend another two weeks with my in-laws and I hate them and the weather outside is awful and it's going to be miserable and last year i felt terrible it's going to be dreadful what you can say is okay well what i'm going to do this year is i'm going to make sure that i go to the gym i'm going to make sure that i go for a run every other day i'm going to make sure that i spend some time to myself i'm not going to uh, eat too much i'm not going to buy lots of food that, that is unhealthy for me and you can mentally prepare in a less negative frame of mind and we can instead of seeing these things as fatalistic and you know, determined simply by our biology and where the sun is in the sky, these are things that we can take control of. We can approach in a way to, to protect our own mental health against the, uh, the situations and the events that might affect us. And we can take control over how we feel. And so absolutely. But what's important there also is that our psychological makeup isn't a given, determined fact that Mm. we have to live with, we can change the way that we think and we can change the way that we behave. And so we can do things about this.
0: Yeah, uh, it's great advice. I'm hoping that everyone listening, uh, if you are somewhat uh, feeling those uh, winter blues, uh, uh, you take uh, that advice to heed. Uh, Professor, we're going to have to leave it there, but thank you very much uh, for uh, the wonderful analysis and we wish you a happy new year.
1: And to you. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you.